with Chad Hayden with Moonshiners Barbecue's 19th annual Jack Daniels World Barbecue Champion, and this is Barbecue Central. So to get that perfect barbecue, you use wood. Are you sure it's safe? Whatever. We put the lighter fluid on, strike the match, and... Should we call the fire department? That might be a good idea. Welcome to the Barbecue Central Show, the show where we talk about all things that are important in the world of barbecue. From big-name interviews with competitors on the barbecue circuit, grill manufacturers and pit makers, to advice on cooking brisket and ribs, you'll find it all right here on the Barbecue Central Show. Your host, Greg Rempe, is a backyard barbecue and grilling fanatic and loves to talk about his passion, which many of us share together. You can learn more about barbecue and grilling by visiting Visiting the website, thebbqcentral.com. Now, let's get in the smoke. Here's your program host, Greg Rempe. Hey, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Really Big Barbecue Central Show. Yeah, it happens to be the show that talks about all things important to the world of barbecue and grilling. We broadcast live and direct from the Rock and Roll Hall of Fame city of Cleveland, Ohio, rapidly becoming known as the barbecue capital of the North Coast. I'm your program host, Greg Rempe. Happy to have you aboard. Hopefully you tuned in to my affectionately, I of course, call it the warm-up show over on Blog Talk Radio, Chad Ward, Whiskey Bent Barbecue in the Pit. I have uh, plans for my man, Chad. I have plans, my own plans, personal plans. It's going to make him sound even better, hopefully, sooner than later. So hopefully you caught some of his talk. He was talking with Ronnie Cates, somebody who I have been chasing for quite some time now, unsuccessfully, I might add. And he also talked with uh, the guys over at Motley Q crew and their win over at the open portion of the American Royal Invitational. We're going to be talking some American Royal, by the way, so in case you were hoping for some of that talk, you've tuned into the right show. A couple ways to get in touch with me, by the way, if you haven't... Uh, been a part of the show before welcome aboard first and foremost you have two different ways to get in tonight toll free 877-448-0433 you can also email the show at your convenience greg at the bbq central show.com those are the two ways to get in touch with the show big one lined up for you as always i'm going to try something new by the way in the first segment a taste test of squealers barbecue sauce two different ones to try here so we'll see how that's going to go here in just a second Here's what's happening on the show in case you didn't get the newsletter. Coming up in about 12 minutes from now, winner of the American Royal Invitational side of things this past weekend, Joe Beeland of Tippy Canoe Barbecue Team. After that, around 35 past the hour, we're going to be joined by a monthly contributor to the show, Robin Lindars. She is the grill girl. We're going to be talking about some recipes. We're going to be talking about a few different rubs. I know Albuquerque Rubs is going to be hit up there. So, Kirk, another big up for you. And then uh, top five barbecue team names, just a, a smattering of things we'll probably be covering with Robin during her segment. Second hour, Man in Black, Myron Mixon, winningest man in barbecue history, whatever you want to call it. Guy that certainly garners a lot of attention and uh, everybody seems to look up to and want to hear what his thoughts are in competition barbecue. We'll see what his recap of the American Royal is. And of course, he's going to be heading down to the Jack Daniels as well. He has yet to win that competition. He's been down there 13, 14 times during his barbecue career. So we'll see how he feels about the championship coming up next. That'll be this month, actually, because we are in October now. Closing out the show, friend of the Barbecue Central Radio Show, Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue, also showed very well this past weekend at the American Royal. So we'll talk to him about the open and the invitational side of things as well. So jam-packed show, as always. So here we go. I want to say hello to everybody that's in the uh, chat room tonight. What's up, everybody? Thanks for tuning in. 
happy to have you. Happy to have you. All right, let's try this uh, barbecue sauce. Okay, we have a, uh, the first one I'm going to be trying is the award-winning barbecue sauce, Squealer's Smoky Sweet Sauce. Uh, I don't know if you guys are going to be able to see this or not. Well, obviously, you're not going to be, be able to see it on the uh, radio side of things. But uh, this is who we're trying right now. For those that are looking to uh, see me do it, uh, OutdoorCookingChannel.com. Smoky Sweet. Uh, you can see it's had a list of awards that it's won. That's probably not going to actually focus on, but uh, a number of awards. So I'm very excited to try and see how this works out. We smell the bottle. Okay, already, uh, already, I'm, I'm a little. Uh, I got, I got to admit, I'm a little worried. Uh-oh. I smell some liquid smoke coming through here. So we open up the top, and I'm just going to go straight spoon Willie on this bad boy. That's a spoon, as you can see. I'm going to put it right in my mouth. This has not been heated. I just opened it, and we'll get some uh, real time thoughts here. Let me move the very expensive microphone away. I have a dish to catch any drippings. Okay, it's uh, it's not hugely thick uh, for everybody that's watching here. Let me do this. Probably could have had this better planned out. All right, for the people that are watching, here's your uh, viscosity test right here. So uh, fairly uh, fairly viscous, not super thick like you would find in a, a traditional Kansas City style sauce that uh, would probably just glob off the spoon so uh, again here you go here's your viscosity check right there a uh, sniffy sniff <coughs> pardon me that wasn't uh, only because of the sauce uh, very heavily on the uh, on the liquid smoke got to be honest ordering on uh, overpowering here's the taste test really sweet Really smoky. Really uh, sweet and smoky. Get that big stuff out of here. <clears throat> exactly not what I'm looking for in a barbecue sauce for me. Now, wow, really sweet and smoky. If, uh, if, you, if you have occasion to buy this one, then make sure you like you know, more of the mass-produced stuff, not some of the stuff that you're going to find from uh, people on the competition trail. Um, I could see this going well on chicken, of course. Wow. Oh, my God. Really, really sweet and smoky. If you like it, if you like that kind of a sauce, then, uh, you know, certainly that, that could be more, uh, more up your alley. All right. Now we're going with the uh, Squealer's Smoking Hot Sauce. Squealer's Smoking Hot Sauce. I like the packaging. It's fairly attractive. Uh, this one actually came out. We're going to do viscosity here, and I'm going to see if you can actually see this. Uh, this came out actually chunky. Uh, it seemed uh, quite a bit more liquid than the uh, smoky sweet. So uh, check this out here. You see the chunks coming off of that? Can you see that? You see the chunks on the spoon right there? Or let me pour a little more out here. It's kind of a fun little thing we're doing right here. It's also kind of a waste of barbecue sauce. Here we go. Uh, right into the camera. See those chunks right there? What is that? All right, so let's get the nose. Hmm. It's it's not nearly as aggressive on the liquid smoke. I'm wondering what these chunks are. It's very exciting. Don't forget, coming up uh, in about uh, seven minutes from now, Joe Beelan from Tippy Canoe Barbecue. Okay, so I'm a little more excited to try this one. Smoky, uh, it's uh, what, what's the name of it again? 
smoking hot sauce. So I'm guessing there's some back end on this. Those have to be jalapeno peppers or something in there. Let me see here. Wow. That's hot. Not not crazy. Is that... Um, yeah, jalapeno peppers are in there. They're actually kind of... Uh, uh, dare I say a, a finely diced... I mean, watch, you can see them right in there. Right? Can you see that? You can't see that on the audio side, of course. Um, it's not... Uh, you know, jalapeno for me is that uh, immediate front end of the of the mouth type heat. It's not the, the back end build that you would get on the habanero side of things. This one has some, uh, it's not hot. And I guess uh, Scott, uh, Scott Roberts would say, who's a uh, veritable chili head, uh, hot is different and varies from palate to palate. So to me, and, and I fancy myself kind of a wannabe chili head. So it's not overly hot. There's not a lot of depth of flavor going on with this one, although I strongly prefer the, the hot sauce than I do to the traditional smoky sweet sauce because it is smoky and it is sweet. Um, as far as a rooftop is concerned, is it hotter than your... You had a different kind of hotness rooftop. This one is just kind of like straight jalapeno uh, coming over uh, covered in barbecue sauce. I mean... It really is. There's actual chunks of uh, jalapeno in there, which to a degree I can certainly appreciate. So, look, if, if you want to try, and I certainly am uh, grateful that Squealer sent me out a couple bottles. I'm going to uh, obviously finish these off at my convenience, but you can find them Squealer's Barbecue, S-Q-U-E-A-L-E-R-S-B-A-R-B-E-Q-U-E. Squealer's Barbecue. They're located in Indianapolis, Indiana, one of my favorite cities ever. Also in Mooresville, Indiana. Uh, East High Street location and the uh, West 86th Street location. SqueelersBarbecue.com. Really smoky and sweet. And uh, the hot sauce, uh, a a better, it's just kind of limited in the flavor profile. It's not very in-depth, I would say. So uh, go ahead and pick those up if uh, these are the kind of sauces that you like. Everybody's different. Everybody's palate's different just because I'm not uh, necessarily a huge fan here. Doesn't mean that uh, you guys might not like them either. SqueelersBarbecue.com to pick it up. Hey, gang, let me tell you about somebody that has no trouble making an entrance when it comes to the world of barbecue and grilling, and that's my good friend Dave Bosca over at Butcher Barbecue, purveyor of some of the finest barbecue rubs and sauces and injections, not only in the competition arena, but for the backyard person as well. That's right, injections. The best-tasting marinade deemed by highly skilled and qualified judges from barbecue cook-offs sanctioned by various associations across the U.S. and Canada. And uh, this is really kind of a simple product as far as injections are concerned. It's uh, to be injected into the meat. That's right. All taste palettes are different, folks. So strengthen to your taste. We recommend starting with three-quarter cup of marinade to two cups of water. Of course, you can split that with half water with beer or apple juice or cola or beef broth. But if you're going to do brisket, because that's really what we're known for here, you place your brisket on a cookie sheet with the edges to help catch any excess marinade. Now, using a checkerboard pattern, inject each and every other square, keeping the injection needle in the center of the meat. And this should be enough for about two 13-pound briskets. 
So keep your eye on that. They also have the pork injection, which is doing very well. Of course, we have that new product that I've been talking about for weeks now called Grill, a revolutionary new product that can flavor many styles and types of meats with some easy-to-follow preparation. Of course, you can marinate it, but you can also inject it. And for those of you who are throwing caution to the wind, you want to compound and add layers upon layers of flavor, you can marinate the meat first, and then you can inject it. That's right, the full-flavor boost method. Half a cup of grill with eight cups of liquid. For injecting, you do the eighth to quarter cup grill to two cups of liquid. Grill is highly recommended to start for on the chicken. But after you taste it, gang, you're going to realize you can use it on ribs and steaks and chops. Gives you all the moistness, moistness, moistness expected while adding some great flavor to the particular protein that you're cooking. Also, Dave, pleased to announce that he's been working hard for you customers. That's right. Dave has been working out this great new deal with the United States Postal Service on all priority shipping for domestic packages. Get ready for this. Now all costs will be set at flat rates. What rates? How about orders? $55 or less shipping to you at $7. That's right, $7. Orders... All other orders will be at $9 flat rate shipping. It's awesome. Just one more way, folks, that you can trust your butcher. It's Dave Bosco from ButcherBBQ.com. We got Tippy Canoe coming up. We have Robin Medlin Lindars coming up after that. Myron Mixon, second hour, closing out the show. Heath Hall, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Don't forget to visit ButcherBBQ.com. Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. Welcome back to the show. A friend of the show, by the way, John Dawson, just weighing in saying, don't forget to pimp the TuneIn radio app for smartphone folks. That's right, folks. If you have a smartphone, you're confined to work or somewhere else where you can't get the show live at home. Get the TuneIn radio app. It's on Apple. It's on iPhones, which is Apple. It's on Androids. It's on Windows 7. It's also on BlackBerry or RIM systems. It's a free application. Tune in radio and then just go ahead and tune in to the Barbie Central Radio Show. You get it just like that. It's like uh, live streaming radio on your phone. It doesn't get any better than that. All right. Uh, so once again, coming up here in just, oh, man. Damn it. Okay. Sorry about that, guys. All right. Uh, here we go. Coming up. Yeah, I forgot to plug in the audio. It's uh, Joe Beeland, Tippy Canoe Barbecue. Joe, how are you, buddy? Great. How are you? <laughs> I forgot to plug you in the sound. You were just going to be talking through my speakers, and only everybody here would have heard you, and we certainly can't have that. We need you uh, broadcasting live to the uh, hundreds and hundreds of people that have tuned in tonight. 
Uh, Joe, so I guess no surprise to anybody that's following Competition Barbecue. A hearty congratulations goes out to you and the team as you are uh, prevailers of the invitational side of the American Royal, which took place just this past weekend. Only a few days away from it, really, and probably not even a few days, maybe one day, uh, considering you didn't turn around and did the open the following day. Just some summer Tory feelings, uh, the win on uh, the invitational side of things. You also had a very good showing, uh, 19th at the Open as well. Just give me some kind of summary feelings about the whole weekend at the American Royal. Yeah, Greg, it was, uh, it was the weekend we won't forget as a team uh, for a very long time. It, uh, uh, something we really look forward to. You know, it was our third uh, third American Royal um, invite and open both. And, and as I told uh, Todd, from uh, Port from Plowboys uh, after after the uh, the Invitational Awards, I walked watched him take that walk uh, for Grand Champion in 2009, and and I said that day we we would do that. Uh, you know that that was a goal someday in our barbecue career we would get to take that walk, and I never dreamed it'd be you know it'd be two years later, but uh, uh, to to do that um, just absolutely phenomenal, outstanding. Uh, amazing, you know. One of the things I, I kept saying afterwards, my wife says you have to stop saying that. I just kept saying unbelievable, and <laughs> and that really, really subs it up for me. It, uh, it's unbelievable to 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 think that uh, um, that that could happen to us, and we got it done, and uh, it felt felt really good. Joe Beelan joining us, Tippy Canoe Barbecue. By the way, TippyCanoeBBQ.com dot com is his website. Joe, probably an unfair question for me to ask, but. Out of all of the grand championships that you have won during your uh, competition time out there on the circuit, where does this American Royal Invitational Open rank over all the others? Um, it's yeah, it's for the ones we've won. Greg, is that your question? Yes. Yeah, it's it's uh, far and away, you know, the, the the biggest biggest win of our career, and and uh, to to do it amongst uh, that field, and uh, to look through that field uh, of competitors afterwards, and and uh, you know, to to do it on that stage in front of all those people, and get some of the exposure we've gotten, quite frankly, after afterwards has been uh, been been really really amazing and and really fun to to see and go through. So it's. Uh, it's by far our biggest win win of our career and probably will be for years to come. So something we won't forget for a long time. All right, so let's go ahead and look back a little bit on the weekend. Uh, we'll go ahead and start with the Invitational side since that's the portion that you won. How did the cook go for you overall? Anything out of the ordinary that you had to contend with? Obviously, the field a little less patronized than, than the Open, but you're dealing with the best of the best when it comes to barbecue for that event. Yep, exactly. And that's, uh, you know, we sat down, we, we get down there Thursday afternoon, try to get down and get set up and, and uh, get all that out of the way early. Um, I, I didn't have any ribs. I, I probably spent 10 hours last week trying to buy ribs. Uh, went to three Sam's Clubs and various other stores and couldn't find a rib I liked. Um, so I didn't have any ribs. So Friday morning we had to go out and find ribs. And, uh, uh, my buddy Ryan from Big Teeth Q Crew and I and and uh, his father-in-law Dan got in the got in their vehicle and uh, we hit several places around Kansas City trying to get some ribs bought and bought a, a whole. Uh, a Ford excursion full of ribs uh, for between the two of us Friday morning, and uh, uh, to, to use for for our two teams because they didn't have any either. And uh, obviously, uh, those those turned into first place ribs and third place ribs for him. 
uh, in the Invitational. So clearly we found a good batch uh, out of that. It was it was worth the persistence, but that was probably the one hurdle we had to jump was trying to find some quality ribs, and that's be honest with you, that's that's our biggest challenge every week. Um, it seems like I've got a brisket supplier we're buying off the farm. Uh, briskets that uh, so those are pretty consistent and pretty easy to get but everything else it seems is a battle uh, week in week out to find quality you know unfrozen uh, timely dated stuff so um anyway we got that out of the way and then from there um friday was just smooth as could be our cook just uh Really was phenomenal. Uh, the cook went went uh, tremendously well. Everything uh, worked like it should. We you know we were cooking on a backwoods for the big meats with a with a DigiQ2 controller on it. And uh, the boys at Barbecue Guru obviously you know them pretty well set us up and and that baby did did his work all night like he always does. And and uh, we never had a uh, had to just a flawless cook. Got got all done cooking uh, Saturday. You know sent the brisket out the door with Matt my runner and and uh, I whispered kind of quietly. I said I'm gonna say this one time we can't cook any better than that and off he went with the brisket and and i believe that i i don't think i today could cook any better than we cooked in the invitational and for a change the judges agreed <laughs> so it was fun to fun to see that i was going to say is it a case where a lot of cooks feel like they've done very well on that particular occasion but the judges uh, turn around kick them right in the balls and then in contests where you think you've cooked the most terrible you've ever done you're taking walks for grand champion this happens to be kind of that awkward time where you feel good and the judges feel good about you at the same time yep yep absolutely uh it was that was a good feeling and that's why i said i said it very quietly and i only said it one time because it's uh, i didn't want to jinx myself or get any of that bad karma going but you know we we've changed some things up uh late in the season here we, we struggle a little bit in the middle of the year uh not that we were we were doing poorly but we just uh, you know we're we're uh Oh, between 10 and 5, kind of consistently there, three or four contests in a row. And we didn't cook all that many this year, so we didn't have any to waste. So we, we changed chicken pretty dramatically here late in the year. Changed the uh, pork presentation a little bit, give that a tweak. And uh, coming into this weekend, you know, we'd been reserve and then grand and grand, uh, the three three cooks uh, prior to the Royal and about the month prior to the Royal. So we felt good about our adjustments, felt good about the way we were cooking, and, and uh, I knew we had cooked better Saturday uh, than, than we'd cooked a long time. So it's all good. So you were rolling very well coming into the Invitational. You know, Joe, you see all the big names are going to be taking part on that day, including you know a guy probably who hasn't uh, is only rivaled with success for the likes of Three Little Pigs back in the day, Mike Davis, who has a huge run at the Royal the past eight, nine years. You've had some good finishes there as well. Is it all intimidating for you when you're running up against these cats, or you really want to see where you stack up best against the best, and let's get it on? Yep, exactly. We're we're uh, we're going in with. Uh, it's fun to, to look around the crowd and say, "Wow, we're we're really doing it with the with the best of the best here." But uh, we're really looking at let's cook the best we can cook and and uh, do the absolute best that we can do and not have any issues and, and leave it up to the judges from there. Joe Beelan joining me here on the show. TippyCanoeBBQ.com is the uh, web address, and he won the invitational side of things at the American Royal just this past weekend. You know, Joe, I love asking pitmasters that win the really big competitions this question. You go through the turn-ins, you see where you're called, you see where you're not called, all this great stuff. But when it comes right down to it, when they're calling overall categories, as the names are being picked off and it's getting closer and closer to reserve grand champion, you got to be biting nails, you got to have that heart-in-the-throat type of a feeling. When your name's not called for reserve grand, there's only one spot left. Where's the thought process before your name's called? 
We, we, it's funny you ask that. We were um, on the way down after the port call, you know, first place in ribs, which, by the way, was maybe the best feeling I've had in a long time. <laughs> uh, we had that call. We get to pork, and I said, yeah, if we could, I knew our pork was good. I said, if we get a good pork call, we got a shot at this thing, you know, and, and um, get that pork call, get that second place pork, and I'm walking down those stairs. We're as far away from the stage as we could get up in the corner, and I'm walking down, it kind of hit me. That, that, that could be enough. And uh, you know, you, you quickly erase that from your mind, and you got so much stuff going on. Everybody's congratulating. There's so many people there. Get to the stage, get my pork board, uh, start walking back to our, to my seat. And I'll be honest, first thing that hit me was let's get a let's get a brisket call. Let's get an early one. Get a 15, a 14, a 13. Uh, give me a brisket call, and I think I got this thing. And and uh, of course, I get back to my chair. Away at the top, and still, still no brisket call. Um, I, I at that point I started talking myself out of it. That well, <laughs> uh, you know, we're not going to get a brisket call here. And and uh, Tuffy's got got a good call, and sure enough, he gets first place brisket. So he's got a first and a second now as well. And and uh, I had that in my mind. I knew he was close uh, as well. So they start through the top ten, and the closer they got to the top, you know, the top. Two or three, I kind of thought, ah, oh, Tuffy's probably got me. Pretty solid cook. He's been cooking really well. You know, I'm, I'm hoping to be top top three at that point. Um, to get the third place, call Tuffy's name, Cool Smoke. Uh, and, it, and at that point, rather than relief and think, well, I might have this, I start thinking, <laughs> oh, man, I bombed the other two, and I'm, I'm, you know, 15th, 14th, 12th, whatever, not even in the top ten. And uh, you could start to see I was uh, got wrecked by that point, but I could see the folks in the crowd kind of around looking up at us where we were standing, and, and uh, some Iowa barbecue teams were right below us, and could see them turning around. So I knew it was going through their minds so that they had a, had a, a thought that we might have had it. And uh, as I stood up there, and you know what on the video that I've seen is is maybe uh, two and a half minutes. Uh, felt like about an hour and a half, <laughs> and uh, we we stood there, and uh, finally get to the grand champion call, and and all I heard was the tip. That's all I could hear, and uh, kind of she's she's a little blank for for about uh, thirty seconds after that. I know there was a lot of screaming and uh, jumping around, so that's kind of kind of what went through our minds as we were sitting there waiting for that call. And it's a great uh, recount of exactly the emotions. I mean, you can still feel, I mean, you're pretty pumped up about it. Like it might've just happened 20 minutes ago, Joe. So, uh, you know, the passion is just coming through online uh, without, it's almost like we're being there and kind of reliving it all over again. So, I mean, great congratulations to you and a huge accomplishment winning the invitational side. And look, uh, I mean, I'm a nobody's nobody when it comes to the barbecue world, but when I am comparing, you know, the, the weekend that has taken place and of course uh, what we have coming up in two weeks in the Jack Daniels, I've always firm believer that the Invitational has the ability to showcase who's the best that year, who went against uh, the best of the best. We can all convene in one spot there and you, you put it to the test. You see who's going to come out uh, nuts and bolts on top and you're the team this year, at least in my opinion, who's cooked better than anybody else at that one competition. Now, saying all of that, you're also going to be going down to the Jack Daniels as I try and segue nicely. So are you able to build any extra confidence? Is there anything that you can glean from this past weekend that you're going to be able to roll into the Jack that you didn't think you might have in that arsenal prior to this past weekend? You know, I hope so. I think one of the, we're cooking in the Sam's club finals here um, in eight or nine days already. That's coming up as well. And so I'm kind of, you know, focused on that right now. And that's really our, 
Uh, in my opinion, I think that has the ability to surpass both the Jacks and the Royals from a uh, a true champion standpoint. I'm not saying it's there yet. I'm not saying it's it's going to happen tomorrow. But I think long term, um, with what they've got going with that system, if they perfect it, tweak it a little bit, make a few changes, uh, that that tournament style system uh, with 50 plus master KCBS judges do, doing the judging in the final. Um, and that's probably what they need to tweak going into it. In my opinion, is some of the judging at the at the locals and regionals. But out of that that contest, who wins that? Um, I think will will really be able to stand on the top of the barrel and say, you know, KCBS cooks with master judges. Um, if you won that, that's with, with a few amount of variables as possible. And that's that's the thing that I think is is interesting. You can ask Myron about this here, here a little bit, but you see the. The, the world championship thing and, and all that that goes on with it. And is that the Royal and is that the Jack and, you know, will it, what's what Sam's going to call theirs and how do they all roll together and who can call themselves what? There's just a, a ton of variables in there. And I think, uh, I think we can all share it. I'd be more than happy to. <laughs> all right, Joe, let me ask you this question then. I mean, because you're bringing up kind of a good point. You have the Sam's club thing that's evolving. You have the American Royal uh, contest. You have the Jack Daniels, which has a lot of uh, mystique and a lot of prestige that goes along with it when you're winning it because you have teams from overseas coming in to compete, so people make the argument that it's a true world championship of barbecue, whatever. Who cares about any of that? Do you think there's going to be coming a point, because Chad Ward was talking with one of the premier barbecue promoters on his show uh, at 7 o'clock on Block Talk Radio, uh, Whiskey Bend Barbecue in the Pit, Ron Cates, who does Smoke on the Water Productions, well-known for huge promotion, partnering with huge major sporting events that are in the mainstream public eye right now, and then huge cash prizes on top of that. Spin all that together. Do you see at some point, two years, five years, ten years down the road, where competition barbecue, a faction of what's happening now splits off and there's kind of a major league barbecue competition series with sponsors, almost like a NASCAR and such? You know, I, I could see it. I'm not sure that would be the, the most healthy thing. Honestly, I could see negatives to that. I could see positives to it as well. Maybe there's... Um, you know, there's a way for, for more of us to make a living doing this. Um, you know, that's, that's a dream of mine. Um, I, I don't think that's coming anytime soon either, but is there a way you could, you know, cook barbecue competitively and make a living doing it? And, uh, I think for that to happen, that's probably what, what, what needs to happen is that, uh, there's some sort of a, uh, and I, this isn't my idea. This isn't my concept. I, I've heard it somewhere standing over a, a campfire at a barbecue contest somewhere. But you know, I've heard somebody say there's probably room for, for a series of contests like that. You know, where a hundred teams compete, and you know, maybe 25 or or maybe even 50 of them, you know, can make their living doing it. That that it's 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 enough to to pay the bills, get the sponsorships somehow find a way to make this a spectator sport. And uh, like you said, the, the smoke on the water guys probably have done the best job of that. It uh, looks like Sam's is trying through, through some of their events as well. But if we can get it, get it to that, that level where we can get, uh, you know, get some outside interest and get some eyes on it. Uh, so that the pace, pay some bills for some sponsors that I, I think that's possible. Um, but it's, it's a ways off. And like I said, I know there's some people out there that would, they're probably telling me right now that's a really bad idea, but I do think it's possible. Joe Beelan joining us here on the show. Just won the American Royal Invitational this past weekend. Uh, their website, by the way, tippycanoebbq.com, often updated. Uh, Jack, the, uh, Joe, sorry, Jack. Joe, the last time I talked to you, 
I had you predict what your chances of winning the Jack Daniels is going to be here in the last couple of weeks. I believe you gave me a very high uh, 10 or 15 percent. Uh, given the way you have been cooking the last three, four competitions, you win the Invitational. Let's assume that you're going to do well in the Sam's Club eight or nine days from now. Any possible way I'm going to get you to go back and, and give me a new forecast for you taking home the Jack this year? You know, by the way, I got to say, it, it looks like everybody's kind of followed suit. I set the bar, and, and uh, nobody wanted to go over that, but they were, nobody wanted to be under that either. I well, had a lot of tens. There was only, uh, there there was there. only so one I'll team. What, I'll, I'll put myself out there, and uh, uh, I'll throw out like 12%. Wow. How about that? 12%. There was only one team, Joe, that actually went ahead and went all the way. That was the guys at Motley Q Crew. They said 100% chance that they go down to the jack and win it. So and the way they cook this week, I think that's possible. That's right. So, you, you know, you throw the high, you throw the low out, but you're exactly right. Everybody's right around that 10, 15%. So uh, we'll keep you at 12. So you bumped up 2%. Uh, <laughs> but look, you got the hardware to go along with it. The uh, invitational champion, the American Royal. Uh, we're talking with Joe Bielan for Tippy Canoe Barbecue. Joe, I really appreciate the time tonight and recapping the event. Continued success. We'll talk to you soon. Thanks, Greg. Really appreciate it. All right. Take care. There he is. It's Joe. Man, I mean, what a great, he is just exuding the emotions that just happened on Saturday. So to hear him relive those last seconds of names getting called, that's what I like to hear. That's, uh, you know, it's great how the cook is going and you turned in great stuff. But I want to hear the emotion. I want to see what it's like for him to be able to paint that picture and say, man, and it never fails. Barbecue guys aren't inherently like the most confident right when it comes down to crunch time, uh, barring uh, Ryan Amos from Hot Grill on Grill Action. Uh, everybody else, if your name isn't called already, it's like, well, I tanked it. It's not going to It's not my year. Not going to happen. Whatever. And then all of a sudden their names are called and they're king of the world. So uh, something that uh, similarly happened to Joe Beelan of Tippy Canoe Barbecue Team. American Royal Invitational Champs just this past weekend. TippyCanoeBBQ.com is the website. So special thanks to Joe for doing that. What a great interview. Loved every second of that. Joe's a great guy. Brings a lot of passion to the sport, and that's what I appreciate. All right, gang. I have been getting huge compliments all over my Accutron watch. It's the uh, Rose Gold edi- Rose Gold Edition from Stephen DeFranco Jeweler. By the way, Stephen DeFranco will be in studio next week for the show. We'll be talking backyard barbecue with him. We'll be talking watches. You can guarantee that because Steve is a bona fide watchaholic, self-admitted watchaholic. He's got all of the lines of watches that you need to have on your wrist. Look, let's be honest. Your wrist is naked. You're at a competition. You're about ready to take that famous walk up the aisle. You want to style and profile, baby. Woo! Like the nature boy. You need to have some bling on the wrist, and Steve is going to be able to help you do that. But do it cost-effectively, frugally, I might add, with the Accutron line, the Bolova, the Citizen, and the Philip and Company watches that are all in stock now for the holidays. That's right. You get Christmas layaway. It's available at no extra charge. That's right. Who's giving layaway now? Kmart, out of here. They're not even business anymore. Stephen DeFranco in Cleveland, Ohio is giving you layaway right now. Go to the website, stephendefranco.com, which you can find the banner on the Barbecue Central Radio Network's homepage. Click on that. Look at all the watches that you want. Once you find one, call them up. Say, hey, saw this one on the website. Lay it away for me. I'm going to be making some payments on that bad bitch, and I'm going to pick it up for me. Gift for me for Christmas. 
six months, same as cash financing available through Springleaf Financial for the Ohio residents that are in the listening audience. And, of course, the special deal that's going on right now for the Barbecue Brothers only because it is a male watch, the Philip and Company is offering $100 off of his 895 Blue Blood watch. Got to get online and check this one out. The Blue Bud watch is simply amazing. He's a cottage watchmaker that lives and manufactures right here on the west side of Cleveland and Westlake. So it's outstanding that he is able to do that here, and he's a local guy. Also, you get that running offer right now where if you order an Accutron watch, you get 30% off. Plus, plus, you get $50 off additionally if you mention my name and the term Barbecue Brother. We all remember the last time you went to the store, mentioned my name and the term Barbecue Brother, and you got a whole bunch of numbers. Call Stephen DeFranco, and you can get 30% off the Accutron watch plus $50 off for you saying the term Barbecue Brother and then my name. Just say my name. Say Steve's name for crying out loud. It doesn't matter. StephenDeFranco.com. Free shipping, free batteries, free polishing, free engraving, free gift wrapping. He's taken the guesswork out of all of it. But you have to go and do your shopping first. Barbecue Central Radio Network homepage. Click on the Stephen DeFranco banner. Then call in for your best pricing. 30% off the Accutron watches. We're going to come back with Robin Lindar's The Grill Girl. Right after this, you're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show right here on the Barbecue Central Radio Networks. Smoke. Call 877-448-0433 to get on the air. Now, here's your host, Greg Rampey. Big B, new shot band, suburban Let's go! I'm an outlaw. Give me two shots. We don't need a radio. Bring a jukebox. For my outlaws. Bring me three shots. Race hell before the speed stops. I'm a whiskey drinking SOB. If you don't like that, then you won't like me. I'm an outlaw. They were all barbecue outlaws in this bitch. Welcome back to the show. Thanks again to Joe Beelin for joining me, American Royal Invitational Champ. 877-448-0433. Coming up, second hour, Myron Mixon. Heath Hall gonna be closing out the show, Pork Barrel Barbecue. As promised. Joining me now, monthly guest to the show, very impressive blog writer, Robin Lindar is joining me. Robin, how are you? I'm How are you? I'm doing absolutely fabulous, Robin, and I appreciate you making time out for the show. And you're taking part in the live chat, which is absolutely fantastic. Everybody loves when guests are coming on interacting prior to the guest spot. So do you have any uh, mentions that you'd like to give specifically to the to the chat room right now? You know what? Everybody in the chat room is awesome. I try to tune in as much as possible because I think that's the best part of the show is just cracking up with everybody online and, and making jokes and being pervy with everybody when you, you know, deep beef jokes and whatnot. <laughs> it's just fun. Yeah, it doesn't get any better than that, right? <laughs> Absolutely. All right, uh, Ron, we've got a lot of talk about tonight. Um, why not keep in form with what I did first uh, opening segment? I tried two barbecue sauces. I've never done that before. I don't know how that translates so well on just the audio side, but I'm sure the video side was able to appreciate it a little bit more. But you had a couple barbecue rubs that you wanted to talk about, one of which, uh, actually two of which I've actually tried myself. So I'm anxious to get your thoughts on them. So uh, which one do you want to start with and then just go ahead and lay it out? All right, let's let's start with Albuquerque because he's a friend and he's on the chat. Right. Um, I got the opportunity to try the green chili and the barbecue rub. 
And, um, you know, Kirk and I have been chatting online for a while and I've been wanting to try his rubs because I have a special place in my heart for New Mexico. It's one of my favorite places. Um, and also my husband used to live there. So we love a little, you know, chili spice. Um, so let's start with the green chili rub. This right. came out, I believe, about two, just maybe less than a month ago. Um, this is not a paprika-based rub, which is, you know, a little different than what you see in, in the rub scene. Um, and that's why I like it. I think it's different, and I think it's more versatile. It's not something that only goes well on beef or, or only goes well on chicken or pork, but it's something you can put on fish, which I'm always looking to do more fish, especially down here in South Florida. Um, and the flavor is just, it's just very light and, and versatile. Um, and then let's, let's mention also Kirk has what's called his, his barbecue rub. Mm -hmm. And this is a paprika based rub, but let's also mention that both of his rubs are made out of made with hatched chilies, which you can only really get out of New Mexico. Have you heard of uh, Hatch New Mexico before, Greg? Um, I haven't heard of the specific place, no. Well, you know, from my friends that have lived in New Mexico, evidently Hatch is like the place where you harvest all the chilies. So I think this is a really cool spin on a rub because this is just, it's just different than when you get out there. Um, so I'm going to say I really like it because I really like the flavor. And you would think, you know, when you say chili that it's, it's going to be too spicy or overpowering, and it's not. It's it's really well-balanced. It's uh, very complimentary to put anything you put it on. And one thing I like, um, you know, a lot, of you, a lot of the rubs you get are very almost powdery. Everything's mixed together so much, and, um, you know, just it's almost just a powder. You can't really differentiate any ingredients from the other. Mm -hmm. And these really are very granular. Like, I can actually see chunks of pepper and and the chilies themselves, and I like that. Um, one thing I like to do is mix seasonings with like an olive oil and make a seasoning paste. And I think these would be perfect for that. Yeah. I really so, liked, uh, I really liked Albuquerque's, uh, just the straight barbecue rub. I found it to be very complimentary on a number of different items, especially liked it on the ribs. Oh, I haven't tried it on ribs. I'm definitely going to try it. Yeah. Favorite so, of mine. Yeah. I'm going to give that a try. So I'm going to, I'm going to give them an A for awesome. <laughs> All right, so and then you had some Oak Ridge barbecue rub as well. So you know my barbecue BFF, John Dawson, told me about um, Oak Ridge, that they came out with this habanero death dust. And you guys may know that I really love the spice. So um, I had to try it, and they sent some over, and it it rocked my socks off. It's, you know, a lot of times, Greg, and you probably like agree with me, is that you'll get something really spicy and it's all spice and no flavor. And this is not like that at all. This really has, it really definitely packs a punch with the heat, but you can still really taste all the other ingredients and it's got a really great flavor. Like while it's spicy, you can still taste sugar and, and salts and, and all of the, everything coming together for like really good flavor fusion. So um, for, for those of you that like heat, this is one to, to give a shot. Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show. Grillgirl.com is the website. I really love that name, Death Dust, which I think is uh, obviously very catching, has a lot of uh, good branding capabilities. But I guess what I like most about your review is the fact that it, it is a well-rounded flavor. You get some spice, you get some heat, but you're able to taste everything else. With uh, one of the barbecue sauces I just tasted here on the show in the open, it had you could see the chunks of jalapeno pepper coming out. So right away I was like... 
well, this is either going to be somehow magically good because you have some nice visual kick to it, but it could also be kind of on a bad situation. So when I actually tasted it, uh, the heat ripped right through my mouth. And I have a pretty good heat palate, so it wasn't like it was terrible. But there wasn't a lot of depth of flavor going around the chili peppers. It was kind of there, and then instantly it was gone. Nothing uh, that was savoring or, or lingering on the back palate. And I think when it's only hot and nothing else, that's what turns people off from heat. And this is not like that at all. I would... Um, I would definitely recommend this. I, I really enjoyed it, and I will be using it a lot because I love heat. And I actually had it on some wings tonight because I kind of did a, um, like a, I put all the rubs on I was going to talk about tonight, so everything was kind of fresh in my mind. And this was awesome on on some some wings because, you know, you like a, a chicken wing pretty spicy. Mm-hmm. So, And I'll also mention their secret, secret weapon pork and chicken rub is um, – I can see why they sponsor a lot of teams and they do well. Uh, it's just a really well-balanced rub. It's got some spice to it, but not overly spicy, just a nice little kick. Uh, you can taste the the sugar. You can taste the the salt. You can, what else does it have in it? Let's see. You, and you can tell that they use really good ingredients. You know, you look at, you read the ingredients, raw cane sugar, sea salt, onion, garlic, chilies, ginger. Um, I'm just impressed with the fact that you know, just the high quality ingredients. I think you can really tell a difference. And I'm a huge sea salt person myself. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I've done a couple of barbecue comps. I'm not like a professional or anything, but I really do think it's all about the ingredients you use. And, and when I see a team and they have like a big Tupperware bin with ingredients they use for their rubs and, and, you know, their, their paprikas like from Kroger from 1985, I think that <laughs> that's not smart. So <laughs> Yeah. So I think it's a lot of like what, you know, it's all about what you put into it and is what you get out of it. So it's all about the the high quality ingredients for me. And I'm going to also give these an A for awesome. All right. So let's talk about something that uh, kind of got my interest when we were corresponding about items to talk about tonight was this tailgating 2.0 series. Yes. Yeah, so, you know, for us, we're always into grilling. It's, it's grilling and barbecue year round, but I definitely see a seasonal, um, traffic rate on my blog. So I decided, you know, I guess everywhere else summer ends, it's all about school starts. So I decided to do a tailgating push. And what I've been doing is not just featuring my own recipes, but featuring recipes from some of my, my barbecue friends and and new bloggers that I've discovered just out on Twitter and, and just, you know, people that might leave comments on my blog and I'll check theirs out. And it's really giving me a lot of um, great content, you know, just for tailgating and just awesome stuff that I would not normally think of making. So um, I've been featuring recipes from from John Dawson. I did his uh, county fair burgers uh, from Chris from Nibble Me This. I did his uh, barbecue pork, pulled pork nachos. I've also featured his atomic buffalo turds, which just saying the word atomic buffalo turd, like how fun is that? I just like saying the word turd. <laughs> just the word turd. I mean, it sounds, it seems like it'd be counterintuitive, but you know, it's just a smoked jalapeno popper in essence. Um, I even featured uh, Heath's um, grilled corn guacamole. Mm. So I'm kind of like hit, doing a lot of heavy hitters in the barbecue community. Um, some of their favorite recipes for tailgating and some of my own, I just featured a, um, kind of south florida style it's a florida avocado uh it's a fire roasted guacamole and it's made with florida avocados and grilled key lime and essentially you just grill everything in the guacamole you grill the jalapenos you grill the 
the you the garlic, the tomatoes, everything, you know, the even the the avocados and the limes themselves, put them on the grill and they get a nice char and you throw it all together and it's just phenomenal. It has a nice little smoky flavor from the grill. So it's been really fun to, you know, find new blogs with new recipes. Um, one person I'll mention is uh, I met Justin because he left a comment on my blog and he won my um, Jack Daniels giveaway. Um, but he has a blog called The Jacked Up Grill and he does some amazing stuff on his site. And I featured his um, Tennessee volunteer orange pe- go orange pizzas. And it's a pretty fun um, idea. If, if you look on the site, you'll see that he did like an orange themed pizza and he did like red peppers and the sauce was orange and they were playing. Ohio- I think it was Ohio that they were playing that weekend. So the other pizza he did had black and white toppings and just very cool for um, from a team color tailgating perspective. So there's some good stuff going on. All right, Robin Lindar is joining us here on the show, grillgirl.com, in case you want to check some of that stuff out. Uh, Grill Girl is G-R-R-R-L, that's the girl part, dot com. So go ahead and see all the recipes, the people she's featuring. Uh, also, one of the items that I wanted to cover before I let you go tonight, the, the top five funny barbecue team names, Robin. And look, nobody a bigger fan of team names than me. I, I have a, a, a short list of what my favorites are right now, but uh, you were trying to get some input from a lot of the other people in the barbecue world uh, so go ahead and, and kind of fill us in on what you're looking at here. So this kind of came out. Um, I have a new writing gig for the New Times down here, which is like an independent newspaper. And you can be very sassy and snarky, uh, you know, in, in the column. So I get to do a lot of fun stuff with this column. So my first column is going to be top five funny barbecue team names. And after polling, you know, all my Facebook friends, which is a lot of barbecue peeps and, um, you know, out there on Twitter and even looking through some some Memphis and May and, and barbecue competition rosters. Um, I'll read out what I've got. And and I'd love to see what you guys have in the chat room to offer up, because, I mean, there's so many funny names out there. It's you can't even put it into five. Right. So. So number five, I have as. Wait, 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 wait. Hold on. Hold on. Sorry. Let me give you the drum rolls here. I, I'm, I apologize. I'm, I'm on my bad sound effects. Number five. The Master Basters. Master Basters. I get it. It's a play on word of Master Bader, right? <laughs> yeah, a lot of these are kind of pervy. Got it. That's why we love it. All right, that's number five. Number four. Brown chicken, brown cow. Brown chicken, brown cow. Number three. Ribbed for your pleasure. Ribbed for your pleasure. <laughs> You're right. They do sound a little pervy now that I'm thinking about it. They're all pretty pervy. I found that from some photos at Memphis and May. So Ribs um, for her pleasure. Yes. Okay. Number two. We're getting to the top here. Number two from uh, Robin Lindars. Hot grill on grill action. Oh. Uh-oh. I know we're going to have trouble. Out of here. <laughs> that, that's number two. Hot grill on grill action. Yeah, what do you think that should be, like number one? Of course, are you kidding me? They're one of my favorite teams ever. All right, number two, sorry, uh, Ryan and uh, Logan, all the rest of you guys. You're only number two. So that only leaves number one, baby. Two sauce to pork. Two sauce to pork. I get it. They're drunk, right? (laughs) Well, I might be a little biased on this one because I do compete on their team. Oh, all right. At Memphis in May. But it's just damn funny. 
it's just funny. So on Facebook, they, they were getting all the votes. So in my semi-diplomatic way of, of coming to numbers, that's, that's you know, where they ended up. And here are my honorable mentions. All right. Um, Notorious P.I.G. <laughs> the Hog Father. Um, P. Funk and the Fatback All-Stars. That's a good one. Reservoir Hogs. Uh, best Little Boar House in Memphis. So, uh, I don't know. Just having fun with this. Barbecue was fun. This is why I love barbecue and, and all the people in it. Because... We don't take ourselves too seriously. All right. Here's so. here's the one. Uh, hot grill on grill action is good, but I did find 1A and 1B, much like horse racing. So let's go 1A today, hot grill on grill action. But 1B for me, got to be rub one out barbecue. R-U-B-W-O-N-O-U-T, rub one out barbecue. What do you think about that? You s- you sent that to me an email, and I think the last part like cut off, oh. and that didn't make sense to me, but now it does. Yeah, okay. you probably thought that's... I was some type of creep. <laughs> Possibly. Well, of course, but that's okay. That's right. So, uh, okay, yeah. so those are your top five. Now, do you have those uh, out on list on the blog as well that people can uh, read that and give their thoughts? It'll be out in a couple of days, and it'll be out on the New Times pretty soon. So just check back, and it'll be it'll be posted. And I look forward to seeing everyone's comments because I know there are plenty more funny names out there. So absolutely, Robin Lindars joins us every month. You can find her grillgirl.com. Robin, always appreciate the time. Thanks for coming out tonight. Hey, I have one more comment. Go. So I do have a new meat sponsor, and I want to give a shout out. It's uh, Grand Western Steaks. I was judging a barbecue competition, and I ended up meeting them there, um, sitting next to me as we were, you know, stuffing our faces and, and drinking beer. And uh, they're doing a home delivery program that that rivals like an Omaha Steaks. Their meat's much more high quality. It's it's pretty much like restaurant quality um, that you can finally get delivered home to your house. So if you're looking to really like you know celebrate and do something nice and and Restaurant style is not good enough for you, but like, like my husband says, why would we go out when I have Grill Girl that lives at home? Mm-hmm. Um, this place will give you phenomenal sterling silver prime cut meats, and if you put in the word Grill Girl in the promo code, you'll get twenty percent off. So that's right. GrandWesternSteaks.com. GrandWesternSteaks.com. Thank you for the offer very much. Absolutely. All right, we'll talk to you again next month. Thanks for everyone. Thanks for having me, you guys. All right, Happy take care. And there she is. Robin Lindars, you guys are freaking perverts over there. I knew you, I knew one of you guys was. Trust me, as soon as it said, I already know what you guys are going to say before you even say it. So save it, chat room schmucks. Keep it classy, guys. Got to tell you about longtime sponsor of the show, Barbecue Guru, makers of automatic pit temperature control devices. Look, you're busy professional. You're out trying to make some cash to feed your family, make whatever it is you make from scratch. Maybe it's barbecue. Maybe you don't have time to sit there and tend fire because you have to go to work to make the ends meet. I hear you. Let me put your mind at rest. There's devices out there that are made by the barbecue guru that will monitor your pit automatically. You don't have to sit there. You don't have to do one damn thing except turn it on, put your meat on, and then go to work and slave away for the man. That's right. BBQGuru.com is the place you want to go. They have four different models to choose from to fit your budget, to fit the fact if you're a geek or if you're a man or if you're in between a geek and a man, a meek, a gam, whatever. Procom 4 wireless unit. 
You're going to be able to control your pit temperature from up to 600 feet away. You can have pops with a neighbor. You can adjust your pit temperature control. Get the readout right there on your Palm handheld willy. doesn't get any better than that. They also have the CyberQ2 unit. They have a DigiQ DX. They also have a NanoQ. NanoQ, kind of like the entry-level model. I call it the cruise control of pit temperature control devices. You put your meat in there, you set your pit temperature control device. It's very simple. It up, uh, it adjusts five degrees increments up or down. Then you're ready to rock and roll. You can put a pork butt on, go to work. You come back, perfectly cooked. The t- pit temperature is right where you set it. Plus, with some of these models, you can get a ramp mode. So when your meat hits the internal temperature that you want it to, it ramps the pit temperature cooking down turns it into a holding chamber so there's no danger zone no contamination no bacteria growing on that thing so you can enjoy succulent pork succulent beef or fish or ribs or whatever it is without having to sit there and tend the fire all day long you're busy just like me you got things to do got to get your hair cut got to get a new pair of kicks got to go pay the bills i understand barbecue guru place to go plus they have wicked good charcoal they have blues hog sauces head country sauces slabs and dizzy pig rubs also they make that onyx oven which is going to fit well with those barbecue guru devices it's portable it's completely fuel efficient it's winning on competition circuits winning at catering jobs and winning in the backyard with family and friends it's the good makers at the barbecue guru bbqguru.com is the website you can call them toll free 800 288-GURU. That's 800-288-GURU. We'll come back and wrap up the first hour right after this. Big name interviews, advice on cooking brisket and ribs, and the only host willing to share his honest opinion on all things important in the world of barbecue. It's the Barbecue Central Show. Welcome back. We are uh, rolling right now as we uh, get ready to wrap up with the first hour. Thanks again to Robin Lindars for coming on, talking about uh, we had some Oak Ridge barbecue. Um, I haven't had a chance. I think I got uh, the venison rub. I got to be honest, I'm probably not going to use the venison rub anytime soon. It's not that I'm opposed to slaughtering all of the Bambies that are out there in the world. Believe me. If you don't live in a place that's overrun by deer, you're probably not living in America right now because uh, for every human being, there's roughly 758,000 deer per person that is out here in this country right now. Deer is an epidemic. They're not wildlife. They're an epidemic. They're worse than AIDS. They're running around cement streets, and they don't realize that they're out of place. This is a problem. Deer are a problem. So while, in essence... The point that I'm making is hypocritical to the fact that I won't eat them because if we shoot them, we should eat them, I would imagine. Plus, I would have some great, um, whatchamacallit, got some great rub from the guys at Oak Ridge. Look at uh, Pat Paquette is listening on the cell phone. That's right. Did you get tuned in radio, Pat? Bet you did, son of a bitch. Good for you. Um, so I'm not going to try the venison rub, probably. But I'll stay sealed, so it'll be good for a while. But I've tried the chicken rub and the pork rub. Uh, the Santa Maria-style rub is so good. Look, I'm like the biggest fan of Santa Maria-style rub pretty much anywhere on the face of the earth. I love Santa Maria-style rub. It is great. And I'll try any and all. Uh, Susie Q, Santa Maria-style rub I love. The Oak Ridge uh, Santa Maria-style barbecue rub uh, is one of my growing all-time favorites now. 
Of course, the El Capitan Santa Maria style barbecue seasoning was my longtime running favorite, but I think they went out of business. That's not good. Uh, also talked about Albuquerque seasonings. He's got sauce as well that's very good. We talked about the five barbecue team names uh, as well with Robin. Those are going to be up next couple days on the blog. If uh, some of you are wondering what her blog is, it's Grill Girl, G-R-R-R, three R's, grillgirl.com. Keep up with her. South Florida, keeping it, holding it down. I was going to say keeping it real, but I'm not going to say that. Holding it down in South Florida. Got to get me a deck chef here. Oh, most recent deck chef is this one. All right. So here's what we're going to do. We'll reload for the second hour. Big names coming to include Myron Mixon and Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue. I'll get out. We'll do a deck chef and we reload for the second hour. Stick around. Be right back. new twist on a great recipe are you looking for something else to do at the grill or to impress your friends when you're tailgating or you just want a fantastic recipe in the kitchen here's some good ideas that are quick and easy that's going to add a little bit of culinary flavor to everyday dishes i'm kent whitaker and join me after these messages Hey everyone, cookbook author and award-winning barbecue guru and homestyle chef Kent Whitaker here. You know, one thing I've learned over the years is that homestyle cooking can't be beat. So if you need a great cookbook that's easy to follow and is similar to having a great conversation on the front porch with family and friends, then pick up one of my books at your favorite bookstore. Sheila Simmons and I are crossing the country in search of great recipes from Texas to Georgia, from Tennessee to Alaska. So just ask for one of my cookbooks at your favorite bookstore or visit me online at thedeckchef.com. I'm Kent Whitaker, The Deck Chef. I'll see you at the dinner table. I had a great question from a listener asking about cutting boards. Kent, I noticed at the store that there are all kinds of different cutting boards now besides my normal wood one. These plastic-looking things that come in different colors. Now, I was trying to figure out what the difference was. Can you help me out with buying a new cutting board? My wood one's all scratched up. Well, first off, this is from Dan in Texas. Dan, I got to tell you, I don't even use a wooden cutting board anymore because I prefer the uh, synthetic kind. And the reason I do is because it's less uh, porous. That means even when you're using something like bread or something like that, any germs won't sink down into the open pores of a wood cutting board. I know it's fancy and it looks good and everything, but for my use in my kitchen, I prefer the industrial kind. Now, about the colors, a lot of different people uh, buy the red ones for meat, the green ones for vegetables and things like that, and you can keep them color-coded and keep things clean. But anytime you use a cutting board, always remember to clean it between uses. Don't cut chicken and then turn around and cut vegetables. You want to clean it, soap, hot water, everything you need to do to keep contamination down. Until next time, I'm Kent the Hello everybody, this is Gary Van Nerd Chuck, host of Wine Library TV, a.k.a. WLTV, the number one wine show on the internet. And this is BBQ Center. From my heart and from my hand, why don't people understand my intention? Happy to have you aboard here for the really big barbecue show. We cook because we have to, and we grill because we want to. Fine, how's it going? 
<laughs> you have a great show. I'm a big fan. So what 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 seems to be the problem here? This man looks like he's dead, and he's in the in the crackle. Charbono, it's all about the Charbono, dude. Succulent fish. What? He ate fifty four wieners. I'm shaking like a dog shit peach seeds. <laughs> you could use it to fight off creeping marauders looking to take your steaks off your grill. I just like being anywhere with Junior, Senior, and Diva. Sounds like a whole movie. Wow, yeah, really. Keep it hot, keep it clean, keep it lubricated. We have top men working on it right now. Ooh, top men. Oh, we're in the second hour. <laughs> Wayne, Wayne Brown with the winning comment of the night. I think baby Jesus is crying after that. I think baby Jesus just said, Well, whatever. Look, you asked for the running man. You're going to get the running man. Back in 92. I could bring the house down, bitch. Running man, Roger Rabbit. New Jack Swing, the real version of the electric slide, not that crappy one where you see where people actually aren't bringing their legs around and doing the claps. I could bring it old school. Don't even sleep on me. That's right, Olympia. All right, ladies and gentlemen, something outrageous, and by outrageous I mean good, has happened here in the state of Ohio. Guess what just became available for sale here in the states of Ohio? Yingling! Oh, yeah. I'm going to take the inaugural sip. Mm. Oh, shit. That's good. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You ever had that? Yingling traditional lager? It is uh, America's oldest brewery. It says it uh, right there at the bottom. Uh, America's oldest brewery. You may be asking yourself, if you've never tasted it, what does Yingling taste like? <clears throat> Two words. Evan. Oh, yeah. Dude, so good. So good. Oh, my God. If you don't mind me, I'll take another sip. Mm-hmm. 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 Mm. That's a smooth drinking lager right there, buddy. Smooth drinking lager. All right, let's recap, why don't we? We had a first hour of the show. We had Joe Beeland from Tippy Barbecue. He won the invitational side of things this past weekend. So uh, we were able to relive the whole excitement of the ordeal with him. He was able to really portray the feelings... And the emotion. <laughs> Big Mister going to get that Miller High Life. Big Mister. It's not quite any stereotypes here, buddy, okay? Uh, so Joe did a very good job of relaying and reliving uh, the events of this past weekend. Uh, so congratulations to Joe, who uh, did a, a great turnaround the following day, did very well in the open, which it has to be hard to do. I mean, there's not a lot of competitions out there where you're cooking against like 147 of the best teams and then you turn around not even 24 hours later and then you're cooking against 450 other teams that could be just as good as me or you could be up against the elite of the elite as well 
So that was Joe Beelan. Tippy Canoe Barbecue is his um, website, tippycanoebbq.com, to be more specific. And then we had uh, Robin Lindar's Grill Girl, G-R-R-R-L, grillgirl.com, talking about some rubs, uh, the Tailgate 2.0 series, where she's featuring some of the bloggers from around the interwebs who have some great recipes, showcasing them on her blog. She is. She said it. She put it out there. Look, it's this time of the year when people start to slow down a little bit because if you live in an area that has a thermal cycle, and by that I mean winter seven months out of the year, like you do here in Cleveland, most people aren't as, in Canada, sorry Canada, most people aren't as, uh, let's say, robust as me or some of the other avid barbecue and grillers. Right about this time of the year, they're giving it a once through clean off, maybe saying this is the last cook of the year. Then they're going to put a cover on it and put it in a shed, or they're going to put it in their garage, or they're going to put it in their attic, whatever the case may be. They're going to go ahead and just put it away until spring, call it a grilling season. Not exactly sure what the season is. I mean, just why not do it all the time? Because it still tastes good when it's 10 below zero. Obviously, it's not as comfortable to do it when it's 10 below zero, but you can still do it. It's fine. We encourage it. Not only do we encourage it, we adore it. So there you go. Now, let me geek out a little bit. Some of you may know I do uh, some full-time sales during the day with AT&T. Finally, I can answer the question for all you idiots who have been calling me for the last week. Drum roll. It's not the iPhone 5 anymore. Okay? It's going to be the iPhone 4S. Whatever that means. Whatever it means. Sprint, a competitor, has mortgaged their veritable life in order to be able to sell their iPhone. So Sprint gets it. Verizon gets it. AT&T gets it. I think Sprint gets the iPhone 5. We get the 4S. So you're looking at the same footprint that the 4 is. It's not going to look any different. Screen's not any bigger. The home button is still there. Still got the round volume button. Still got the kill vibrator willy on the top. Nothing has changed except operating system. You're also going to get a better a picture on the back end. 8 megapixel camera on the rear. You get a faster A, uh, A5, A2, A5 processor. So it's a dual core. You get the 1 mega RAM in there. So it's going to be able to compute at high efficiency. But in the grand scheme of things, the footprint hasn't changed very much. You're also going to get a 64 gig option. Really, what I find to be the most interesting, and I think what is going to enhance a potential stronghold on the uh, smartphone market for Apple is the 4 is now going to go to a 4, an 8-gig 4, for, I think it was $49. And then the 3GS is still going to be out there at 8 gigs only of storage. That thing is going to be freaking free with a two-year contract. Outrageous. The iPhone 3GS 8 gig, which I believe AT&T is probably the only ones that will have that, is free with a two-year contract. That is outrageous. You can get a free iPhone right now. The 3GS is is fantastic. I hate to say it because I'm an Android guy. But when you're looking at it from a straight dollars and cents type of scenario, the iPhone 3GS at the high cost of free down from a $49 price tag, which was by far the most popular smartphone out there at least since I have been selling, uh, was the iPhone 3GS because you were getting quality price ratio. Uh, Now it's free. So you can't do any better than free, at least in my estimation. All right. 
Enough smartphone talk for crying out loud. Uh, we join one of the most recognizable men in the barbecue industry right now, friend of the show, pitmaster of Jack's Old South Barbecue, Myron Mixon, joining us. How are you, Myron? Doing good, big man. How you doing? Uh, doing absolutely fantastic, Myron. Always appreciate you making time for the show. I know it's a busy time for you. So let's go ahead and jump right into it while we have you. Uh, we took place American Royal this past weekend, a contest that you're very familiar with. Uh, you did both the invite and the open. Invite uh, not as successful for the open this time. I mean, it's, this is a big competition. We look at the invitation first. You're cooking up against really some of the top teams that are invited to cook out there. Uh, I don't know. I guess we could make arguments as far as what contest has the ability to collect all of the best of the best, and you can kind of get at each other in one venue. American Royal certainly comes to mind on the invitational side of things. How do you view that? Well, I mean, the Invitational this year had 140 teams in it, and that's the most I've ever seen in the Invitational side. I mean, everybody in that contest has won a championship to be there. Then you look at the Open, they had over 500 teams in the Open this year. I mean, that is a lot of cookers stuck in one spot, and, you know, that's a lot of judges have to have there to eat a lot of food. And by far, it's the biggest contest there is around. So when you're cooking the invite, Myron, and you know that you're cooking up against people that, uh, you know, obviously, as you said, you had to win it to get in it. You've been doing this a long time now, so perhaps this is a trite question for me to ask, but, you know, a lot of people aren't as uh, familiar with competition barbecue, uh, just for me talking with a bunch of you guys here over the last four or five years. You know, when you're looking at the invitational side versus the open, are you prepping any differently for the invite than you would when you're cooking against 500 other teams? I mean, to me, the invitation is the most important part of the American Royal contest to start with because you are cooking against your peers, people who have won. And that's the one that I really want to do well in. You know, I'm not saying I don't want to do well at the open side, but the one that I prepare for and the one I look forward to doing is the invitation because everyone there, like we've always said, it's one thing, one contest, and you got to be on your A game you got to hope to get on the right tables and you hope to have the good judges. You know, that's what you always want to do. Now, when you're getting your product ready, Myron, and you are, you know, you're competing, if you start to see some categories start to slip off here and there, at what point do you start to, and I'm assuming you're tracking how you're doing through each and every contest, at what point would you decide to start making some type of tweak or some type of an adjustment to try and get the scores back on track? Well, that's what I do all the time anyway because we do the cooking schools and I've always, you know, I got so many people coming through the schools and they're going on and doing better. I have to stay ahead of the curve to be able to have something maybe new and fresh to kind of go against that. But when you start slipping, you start seeing your stuff fall out of the top ten and it starts doing it maybe three to five contests in a row, whatever category that is, you need to start tweaking. You need to start getting yourself back in front of that curve again. And most of the time, for me, it's always ribs and chicken that's the hardest to stay in front of. You know, brisket and pork pretty well have stayed the same for me in the last four to five years. But chicken and ribs is something that changes all the time. You know, the flavor profiles, I believe everybody out there now that's contended to win a championship can get chicken or can get ribs, the done and tenderness that every judge is looking for, then it gets to be a sauce contest or a flavor contest. And that's what you got to stay ahead of. How are you? How are you able to make those adjustments to stay, 
let's say, ahead of the curve so you're not falling behind or, or just doing what everybody else? How, how are you able to not be a me-too as some of the other teams out there in the competition are? Well, I mean, I'm around a lot of judges, and I don't – every time I get around them, I don't do a lot of talking. I do a lot of listening, you know, about what they've had there today. And I look at the contest that we're actually competing in that day, I look at the field. You got – Johnny Trick there, and you got the Mike Davis there, and you got you know the QIs there. Then you start listening to what the feedback is from some of the judges that I highly respect. You know, was things too sweet, things too maple flavored, depending on the category we're talking about. Let's just say ribs, uh, you know, too buttery, you know, that kind of thing. You want to pay attention to that. Myron Mixon joining us here on the show. JacksOldSouth.com is the website. And, of course, we're going to be uh, talking about that book, Smoking with Myron Mixon, as well here in a minute. So we look at your results. Uh, the invite, you finished 46, so uh, definitely not a, a terrible showing, probably not something uh, that you were hoping for, uh, knowing you uh, just a little bit in, in the conversations that we've had in the past, Myron. How did you feel the cook one during the, open, or during the invite? Well, you know, the invitational side was kind of a letdown for me. Uh, the team and I were out there. I had to leave Saturday morning to fly back to Atlanta to do a book signing. And then I flew back Saturday night to be there for the Open. So I wasn't actually there for the invitational. But it wouldn't matter. You know, it wouldn't matter. If they did the same game plan that it would have happened if I'd have been there. And, you know, they executed all on the marks that we've been hitting with all year. And it just didn't happen. You know, we just didn't have the flavor profile they were looking for. You know, but we came back in the open side, and, you know, we were 26 out of 500-plus teams. That ain't bad. You know, that ain't bad at all. Because there's a lot of good teams down below 26, I can tell you that. Now, are you able to look at the open side of things and seeing, you know, you're, I mean, you, you finish, you know, 400 uh, teams better than were there at the open. D- do you think that you were able to adjust flavor profiles that much better to give you a 26 overall finish or because of the sheer amount of teams that are there and the judges that they have to meet in order to, to get everything tasted, is there a little bit more luck involved in that? Well, I think it's some of both. I know we did make some changes for the Open from the day before. Um, you know, on the East Coast, where we do most of our cooking or East Mississippi, you know, it's not as hickory flavored and it's not as smoky flavor as you get when you start cooking west of Mississippi. You know, in Kansas City being the mecca of all that, we started, we changed our flavor profiles a little bit. But then it's some tenderness we didn't bother with. But we did a few little tweaks with the sauces that we used on our chicken, a few little tweaks with the sauces we used on our ribs. And uh, we made some smoke it up a little bit, and I believe that helped more than anything. The luck factor comes into play, too. You know, I've always said I just think they're lucky to be good. <laughs> Myron Mixon joining us here on the show. All right, so American Royal behind us, obviously. Next couple of weeks we're building into the Jack Daniels, and uh, this is a contest that you've gone to. Oh, geez, I mean, it's been 13, 14 times. I think you went 12 times in a row, uh, something like that a couple of years Fine. ago. You were on a good stretch there. Uh, you've been close. You've been reserve grand champion. Uh, you've probably been third place a couple times on the deal. But no wins. So how are you feeling this year? Is this the time that Jack's Old South puts it together and walks away with a grand championship? Well, so far right now, we've hit five grands for the year and about four reserve grands. And we're coming off of uh, taking the Royal out of play. We've won the last four out of five contests. 
And, you know, I feel very confident because we are back east Mississippi. Uh, most of the judges that will be judging the Jack, a lot of will be from around in our area there. When I say area, the east of the uh, And, you know, I feel good about it. Uh, I've been there close. I've taken some reserves there. I've taken the third place there. I won three first place whole hogs there before that was eliminated. So, you know, I've got a good rapport with being in Lynchburg. And I look forward to it this year. I mean, that is one, you know, I'm not going to tell you I don't want to win the Royal, <laughs> but I believe anybody out there competes, predominantly KCBS, if God said you can have one or two, you can have the Jack Daniels, you can have the Royal. I believe 99% of them will tell you they want the Jack Daniels. Why do you think that is, Myron? It's more prestigious, and you are cooking against champions, and it's so hard to get in it. You know, you got a smaller field. You got what sixty, sixty-five teams in it, but everybody there, you know, it's won multiples to get in there, and it's the best of the best. Just like the invitation side of the boil is, and but it's where your location at. You're in the mountains of uh, Tennessee. You're right there where Jack Daniels makes his whiskey, and um, it's got a mystique to it. Myron Mixon joining us here on the show. Myron, when you were making that 12-year stretch, you know, you get down there the first year, the second year, the fourth year, you're probably very confident that at some point you're going to hit, you're going to take away that grand championship. But the year started to string together. You were close, but you never brought it away. Did, it, did the mindset ever change for you where you were like, you know, this is the year from, damn, is this ever going to happen for Jack's Old South down here? Yeah, I mean, the year we won reserve grant, you know, I'd already had the feeling before we got there. We were just, you know, I enjoyed going there every year. Um, Not that I wasn't going to be competitive and try my best, but I just figured this is going to be one of these contests I'll never win. You know, and there's very few of them I haven't ever won, but uh, it was getting out of reach, I felt like, for me. And I felt, you know, I just keep winning and getting my draws, and I'll go and you know, be in the top of the field, but I didn't never feel like that it was going to happen for me. I didn't get to that point, you know, and I was already positioning myself where I could accept that. And then we hit the reserve grand, and it kind of gave me a new enthusiasm for it. So, you know, I'm going to be back this year with a vengeance. All right, so let's go ahead and pontificate just for a moment. When you decide to take the fire out of the pit altogether, you call it a barbecue career. If, if you don't end up winning the Jack Daniels at some point during the competition career, does it end up being a disappointment? Is it something you're going to look back on and always wish you would have won, or can you look past that given what you've won? Yeah, I mean, I can look past it, but you always want to win the ones you never got. I mean, there's no doubt about that. That's always the... You know, that, that, that's the contest everybody wants to win. But, you know, my career, uh, winning what I've won and, and some of the most prestigious contests in the country, uh, you know, I'm satisfied with it. All right, now, I've asked everybody that's going down to the Jack Daniels this year that I've had on the show the past couple of weeks, uh, and since you're going down, I'm not going to not ask you, percentage of chance that you will actually win Jack Daniels this year? Percentage chance? Yes. I think it's better than 75%. 75%. All right. Mark.
mark. Myron Mixon down for 75%. That's the second highest total. Everybody else has been right around 10%. They don't want to, you know, lay out, put their heads out there on a stick, except for uh, Motley Q Crew said they were at 100% chance of winning the Jack Daniels, but uh, evidently their motto is go big or go home. So you just jump off a damn roll up there to Myron Roy, like tell you that. Yeah, no doubt. So 75% for uh, Myron Mixon. So we'll put that in the hopper and see where that rolls out. Um, you know, Myron, you've you've had uh, obviously another great year, but you're also still rolling on the success of you know the TV shows and the appearances on uh, Craig Ferguson. You've also been on Conan O'Brien. How is it balancing the barbecue business with competitions? Is it tougher right now? Yes, it is. Uh, I told somebody today. Matter of fact, I'm driving back from Illinois right now. Um, when I went out to the Royal last week, a gentleman went on my website and saw that I was at the Royal and contacted me through my website about doing a catering for him. And I stopped back by and did the catering. Now I'm on my way driving back toward Georgia. But be careful what you wish for. You know, I tell you that I still love it, but there's a lot more going on now than me just competing. You know, with the cookbook and with uh, working on new TV shows and trying to do other things. Again, I still love to do it, but uh, sometimes there's not enough admirer to go around. Yeah, I was going to say, you know, when you're at a competition now, you're very visible. Uh, you were one of the more uh, revered characters on the Pitmaster series. People got to want a piece of you when you're out there trying to prep chicken, you're trying to prep brisket, and doing all the stuff that you would normally do prior to you know all this success. How hard is it dealing with those fans? You don't want to turn people away. You want to make sure that uh, everybody is able to get a piece of iron, but there's really only so much for you to go around. Yeah, well, the thing about it is, I appreciate them so much for watching the shows, and they, you know, I appreciate them thinking I'm a character. I appreciate them buying stuff from me on my uh, e-store, my website, you know, buying the books and stuff like that. And if they can take time enough to do all these things, I can take time enough to walk out there to the edge of my tent, take a picture, or shake a hand, or talk to them. You know, I'm not going to turn my back on them. Uh, I'm not foolish enough to know this is going to last forever. You know, you can take it 15 minutes. I think mine's last a little longer, 15 minutes of fame. But uh, these people, they think, for whatever short period of time that uh, I'm to cast me out, well, I'm going to walk right out there. I'm going to hug him, shake their hand, and tell him thank you. Myron Mixon joining us here on the show. The website he was talking about, by the way, jacksoldsouth.com, if you want to check it out. Uh, Myron, the book is out, Smoking with Myron Mixon. You know, there's lots of cookbooks out there. Obviously, that's no surprise to you. So go ahead. I mean, what makes yours a little bit different than what's existing? I've been asked for the last probably seven years, you know, when was I going to come out with a cookbook? And, you know, I wanted to have something to go in a cookbook. I wanted it to be legitimate recipes. I wanted it to be good recipes that I use or have used. And I didn't want to just fill it up with, you know, I'm not saying anybody that we know has, but I don't want to fill it up with stuff that uh, just takes up pages. You know, I want it to be for real. That's why we only have a little over 70 recipes in this book. But the recipes in there are some of the recipes I teach in my cooking school. They're recipes I've used in competition. Uh, they're some of my favorite recipes that have nothing to do with barbecue in there. But they're all legitimate recipes. And, you know, I got to a point where in my career I felt comfortable enough putting it in paper because I'd already got comfortable enough teaching it. So we did it. 
and they made New York Times bestsellers list. It was number one for Barnes and Noble for several weeks, then Amazon. And right now we got over a hundred thousand copies out. So I think it's done really well. No, absolutely. So what's your favorite part of the book when you go back and read it? Favorite part of the book? Yeah. Probably right there in the front, uh, talking about my dad. Uh, Jack Nixon, that's where the name Jack South comes from. He's the one that got me started. Um, he's the one, I'm going to tell you, asked me to help you cook barbecue. He made me and my brother cook barbecue with him. <laughs> and at the time we were doing it, it wasn't fun. Uh, I will tell you, I, I would ever dreamed I would be making a living doing anything with barbecue. But apparently I was, you know, while I was thinking it wasn't fun, I was learning something. And he's the one that got me where I'm at today. You know, I've talked to some of the, the guys in the barbecue world that have written a number of books. Of course, uh, two people that come to mind, uh, you have the, the Canadian star up there, Ted Reader, who has penned, you know, probably 758,000 cookbooks. And then a uh, friend of uh, both of ours, Ray Lampy, has cooked or has, uh, you know, written four or five different cookbooks. You know, I've asked each one of them, how was that first book when you turned it out? Was it easy as you thought it was going to be? Was it harder than you thought it was going to be? Where did it weigh out for you? Uh, getting the book out, I mean, as far as writing the recipes, and I had a great uh, ghostwriter, you want to call it, Kelly Alexandra. I mean, she did a great job with me. She came down and spent a week, and we cooked every recipe I had in the book. Uh, we had our food stylist there that said it. We had a photographer there that shot it. And to me, it was pretty, pretty straightforward. It was a lot of work. But I already knew in my mind what recipes I could use. It wasn't hard to go back in my in my uh, file that I keep in my head and, and just pull them and you know write them down and do them. So to me, the first book was easier than what possibly the second book that we do will be because I can't even fathom right now what that second book will be about. Yeah, I was going to just now ask I you. Little, I any- got a few ideas, but I mean, you know, how do you follow it up? And that's the hard thing to me. Is, is there something that's in the works right now, or were you signed to you know more than just a one-book deal? We're looking to do a second book, but we want to kind of correlate it with another show, you know, have another TV show go up before we do another book. All right, so we'll be on the lookout for that. We're talking with Myron Mixon, Jack's Old South Pitmaster, jacksoldsouth.com. Uh, Myron, before I let you go, and, and I guess it's kind of a unique segue when I asked you about what your favorite part of the book was, and you mentioned your father. Uh, there's a guy by the name of Mike Mixon that's the uh, pitmaster of Jack's New South. Uh, you probably heard of him. You know, there's another <laughs> another Mixon in competition barbecue world. Did you think this was something that Mike wanted to do eventually, or did this come as a surprise to you? It came, it came as a surprise to me because I go and tell you, both my sons, uh, David and uh, Mike, I have to make them, or I used to have to make them go with me when I needed them to go with me to cook. Because basically, I needed some labor to help me put up tents, stay down tents. And I understand being kids, they didn't like it. And, you know, you kind of, they knew they, they kind of drugged, drugged around and didn't really want to go with me. But I made them go, kind of like what my dad did. But it really surprised me that he started a competition team in Jackson South. And what even surprised me more is how well he's done. Because 
I would have fed the farm. He wasn't paying attention when he was around. <laughs> you know, he's been to a couple of my cook schools hanging out, but he never stood, you know, stayed for the whole thing. And when he was with me competitions, you know, he was all doing something else when I was actually doing turn-ins or making up sauces or whatever. He'd be back there to help me pack up. But it really surprised me, and he's made me very proud. I mean, I'm glad to see a mixer taking the time and, and effort. When he's not in college, he's in college now. I don't let him miss school to go do these things. But, you know, it uh, made me a proud dad. And it's Mike Mixon from Jack's New South. Martin, I'm interested to get your uh, take on the team name. You know, you're Jack's Old South. Uh, he's Jack's New South. Uh, would you have liked to have seen anything more original from that, or are you happy to see it kind of you know, bridge the uh, the team name that you had uh, with something that's obviously a newer version, a newer um, uh, a newer generation of competition cook in the Mixon family? I was proud to see him take New South. I mean, one day maybe he'll be the one that's leading the way for the old South. <laughs> you know, and I don't blame him a bit on the new South because it gives him uh, some degree of, uh, of I guess, what do you want to say, he's been uh, certified a little bit. Right. But also with that name and also with his credentials <laughs> of being my son, people expect a lot from him. Yeah, I was just going to say, I mean, it's got to be a tougher row for him to hoe, or, or perhaps it's going to be a tougher row for him to hoe because, you know, you're his dad. You, you know, and a lot of people expected, you know, him to do well, and he has done well. Uh, and some people expected him to do better than what he has done, but, you know, he just started in the first part of this year. And he's really come on, he's really paid attention he gets with me now, and he talks about flavors. He talks about things that I never knew would even come out of his mouth about barbecuing. And uh, I'm just telling you, it's, it's amazing. He made a 180-degree turnaround from what I thought he ever would. I thought he would never. Of all my children, Michael wouldn't have been the one, but he is. Do you think Michael is going to be... At a disadvantage regardless, uh, and obviously it's through no fault of his own because uh, Myron Mixon is his dad. Is he always going to be, well, he's got an unfair advantage just why he's doing well, or if he's not doing well, he should be doing better because Myron is his dad. Is he always going to have that kind of a shadow, or is he going to be able to break out of that at some point, do you think? I, it's going to be up to him because, and I know it gets that. I mean, a lot of people, the success he's had, taking a lot of reserve grants so far this year, yep. and he's not put his first grant yet. But a lot of people think he's getting it because of his dad. Dad's helping him, dad's doing this for him. Well, but then again, if he goes and he hits a couple of contests losing streak, then, you know, he ain't living, he ain't filling those shoes. And then one of two things happens when this type of situation comes around. Yep. You know, if you get this weight on you, you either get stronger for it, you let it break you. you know, and I believe Michael's not going to let it break you. He's going to get stronger for it. And he'll be able to break out and become his own man. Myron Mixon joining us here on the show, jacksoldsouth.com, the website. Uh, Myron, are you going to be competing anywhere prior to Jack Daniels? I'm going to Lyons, Georgia this weekend, right there close to Vidalia. Mm-hmm. Uh, next weekend, I'm going down to do a. Uh, Davis Love the third is his uh, 
golf tournament he does down there at the course, just St. Simon's, going down there to hang out with them, and then we'll get ready for the Jack. All right, so a couple busy weeks headed before the Jack. And again, Myron Mixon is the pitmaster of Jack's Old South. Myron, you know, if you win the Jack this year, got to turn you that following Tuesday so we can recap the event. Hopefully I can count on you for that. <laughs> I tell you what, I'm a little wizard, Jack. I tell, you, I tell you, I'd go out there and jump in the creek, but I've already done that. <laughs> all right, well, if you win, we'll have you back on, and uh, we can talk about all the, the victory celebrations and all that good stuff. But regardless, continued success, Myron. We'll talk to you soon. All right, big man. Talk to you all later. All right, take Thanks. care. Myron Mixon right there, the master of Jack's Old South. How about that? Class act right there. I think Myron gets a bad rap now for being, uh, trust me. Talked to Myron uh, more than a few times. That's the guy that comes on this show. You go back and see all the, the different times I've interviewed him. TV, you get a different Myron Mixon. Let's just say that. Before we get to Heath Hall, guys. Let me remind you of the Turkey Fest 2011 put on by the smoking guitar player Fred Bernardo of Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply Company. Saturday, November 5th, so uh, just a month from now, November 5th, 2011, from 10 a.m. to 3 p.m., the smoking guitar player and the people at Fred's Music and Tasty Licks Barbecue Supply invite you to an all-day turkey grilling and roasting demonstration at the barbecue showroom in 214 West Lancaster Avenue in Shillington, PA. That's right. They'll be cooking on big green eggs and other fantastic grills and smokers. Let me run down the demonstration class roster if you have time, folks. Mad Max Rosen demonstrates the Mad Max turkey method. Max makes his third annual appearance here. Max comes from Virginia every year to show all the eggheads his foolproof method for roasting a turkey on the big green egg. Up next, Walter Carroll and the apple cider turkey. Our big green egg distributor representative will be demonstrating for about the 10th time his delicious turkey roasting method flavored with apple cider, a taste of the season. Then you got Steve Schmidt from Schmidt's Poultry in the Shillington Farmer's Market. He'll construct and cook right before your eyes a turducken. That's right. It's the chicken stuffed inside a duck. Then you take that, you stuff it inside of a turkey, and then you roast it all. That's right. You really get a kick out of this. It's a spectacular dish that people love, especially in the South. It's a Southern hospitality type dish for uh, the Thanksgiving season. And then, of course, the smoking guitar player himself will be able to prepare and roast a spatchcock turkey and a beer can turkey. Both hits every year. You'll learn how to roast and turkey to perfection right there on your grill in less than two hours. That's right. No 28-hour preparation like you do for most people when they do it in their home. Fred will show you how to spatchcock and beer can turkey. You do it all in less than two hours. The fun starts around 10 a.m. this Saturday. Next month, November 5th, which is a Saturday, 2011. We'll see you there. TastyLicksBBQ.com. That's the website to get the sweet sauce, to get the rubs. It's fantastic stuff. Plus, Fred's Music and BBQ.com for all of the other barbecue and grilling accoutrements. Longtime sponsor of the show and trusted online retailer. That's key. Trusted online retail. TastyLicksBBQ.com. Fred's Music and BBQ.com. We're with Heath Hall coming up in just two minutes.
Broadcasting live from the Barbecue Central Radio Network Studios in Cleveland, Ohio. You're listening to the Barbecue Central Radio Show. Once again, here's your host, Greg Rempe. All right, back and better than ever. Thanks again to Myron Mixon for joining us here on the show. Ran a little over, so we race right over the hotline. Pitmaster of Pork Barrel Barbecue, Heath Hall, joins us here on the show. Heath, how are you, buddy? Good. How's it going, Greg? Doing absolutely fantastic, Heath. Rolling with the show, and we're closing it out strong with my favorite guys to talk barbecue with. Heath Hall of Pork Barrel Barbecue. You can find them at porkbarrelbbq.com on the interwebs. Um, Obviously, Heath, it goes without saying you sell an award-winning barbecue sauce, an award-winning rub. You have the cologne, of course. Uh, that's a bit debatable. Nevertheless, uh, you, you join me here on the show. We're going to be closing it strong, and uh, we've recapped the Royal quite a bit tonight. But, of course, you took part in that as well, both the invite and uh, the open portion. So let's go ahead and uh, we'll start with the invite since that's the one that uh, took place first over the weekend. You did 26 overall. So just a brief recap of how you thought that particular side of the event went for you guys. Well, this is our first chance to cook in the Invitational. So we were really excited to get the opportunity to to go up against uh, 142 of the best teams in the world of barbecue. And uh, to get uh, 26 was pretty exciting for us. We uh, got uh, one call up there. Uh, 10th place, uh, thanks to some uh, great uh, Snake River Farms briskets. Uh, so we got the, the 10th place call on brisket. Um, I thought that our uh, pork was our best that day, but the judges apparently didn't think so as we finished 70th in pork on Saturday. Um, but uh, all in all, it was, uh, it was a great event, a great day, um, a really exhausting day doing the, the full contest. Uh, we did... Um, uh, we had a photo shoot in the middle of that uh, with a um, while we were there, and then we prepped for the the open uh, that night. So a long day, but a lot of fun, uh, catching up with a lot of good friends too. When you get the results, you know where you're like middle of the pack, seventieth out of 140 teams. Are you like, yeah, man, top 50, or is it a swift kick in the balls? Well, you know, our goal is never to finish in the top half. Our goal is always to finish in the top 10. So. Uh, it, it does kind of hurt, um, but knowing that, uh, you know, the team that finished 142nd that day is a team that's finished first this year. Uh, <laughs> it makes it feel a little bit better knowing you're going up against great teams, you know, like Myron and, uh, you know, got Rod with Pellet Envy, Diva Q, Q Al, Tuffy with Cool Smoke. Uh, I mean, just a ton of great teams. The list goes on and on. So, uh, you know, it's better to finish 70th in that contest than 70th in uh, just about any contest. That's right. So, I mean, you have 121 teams that finish behind you. I mean, is it overall just a great feeling that you did that well in the Invitational then? Yeah, I think so. You know, I mean, it was, like I say, our first time to come and, and compete in the Invitational. And, uh, you know, 26th, I think, you know, is is really a, a position that we were proud of and, and happy to be able to to come out with. And, uh, the opportunity to get that one call and walk up there uh, in Hale Arena with you know all your your peers and buddies looking down on you uh, is a pretty special event. So uh, we uh, you know certainly would wouldn't have mind being uh, 25 spots higher, but uh, we'll take 26 at the uh, Invitational any day. Heath Hall joining us here on the show, PorkBarrelBBQ.com, Pitmaster 
You know, Heath, how was it to turn around in such that short order to cook a completely new event, knowing you're about to go up against five times more people than you just ran with the day before? Of course, mix in the porn shoot that you did and all the other stuff that you had. Is it kind of an awkward? Uh, <laughs> is it kind of an awkward situation where it's like, wow, huge event, a lot of pressure? Hey, let's do it again times five. Uh, it was crazy. Um, you know, our day Saturday, uh, we fire our, our smoker up at 2 a.m. So uh, it was very hard to sleep on Friday night. We were about, uh, I'd say, 75 yards from the main stage, and there was a rocking band and fireworks going until about 12, 1230 in the morning. Uh, so I think we got maybe an hour, hour and a half of, of moderately decent sleep. Mm-hmm. Got up uh, just before 2 to fire up the grill and the smoker and got that going, got the, the meats on and, and cooked all the way through, uh, you know, one thirty when we turned briskets in and then, uh, uh, did some, uh, radio interviews. Then we went over to the KCBS, uh, grill masters stage, uh, the barbecue tour that Mike and Chris Peters run and, uh, did a, uh, kind of, a an iron chef style cook against diva Q. Oh. Um, and then we, uh, Headed to the awards at 4, got back to our site about 5.30 and uh, prepped from 5.30 to about uh, 10 o'clock that night uh, with a, a meal in there and then caught a couple of hours sleep and we're back up at 2 o'clock to do it all over again. So, I mean, what's your endurance like on that second time to get up and start cooking again? You know, I'll tell you that sitting there at the awards ceremony, I was exhausted. Um, but getting that 10th place brisket call... Uh, was like I just got five extra hours of sleep. I mean, it, it really pumped the adrenaline through me, and uh, you know, it was exciting to get back and uh, to do it again. And uh, you know, Sunday was a uh, a long, long day too, but got a, a decent night's sleep on Sunday night before we headed back to DC. And uh, I think that's kind of the mentality that we we went in on Sunday with, knowing that you know we weren't going to get much sleep on Sunday either until uh, that evening, and uh, just push through and. Uh, um, yeah, we, we uh, I think, had another pretty good cook on Sunday. Now, when you're uh, done with the invitational portion, you did very well. You're finishing 26 out of 147. Were you looking to make any adjustments as far as flavor profile or cooking times or anything regarding uh, the next stage in the open part, or were you just going to continue to roll with it since it seemed to work so well against uh, you know the, your peers of everybody being a champion there? Yeah, I was listening to Myron. I know he he said that he changes some things up, uh, cooking in the Midwest versus the East Coast. You know, we pretty much cook the same stuff uh, coast to coast, uh, state to state. It really doesn't matter where we're at. Uh, you know, we want to, to go in there and, and cook our, our food that we've been cooking all year and uh, having pretty good success with and uh, just really not not wanting to change something on the last second, uh, you know, and, Probably nine times out of ten, that's going to work, uh, at least in, in our case, against us. You got a dog in the back there? Yeah, I don't know what he's doing. I think I've got two dogs. I think one of them is bothering the other. <laughs> it sounds like he might be pissed off at me. <laughs> yeah, no. I don't know. All right. They're they're now calm. There you go. They're mad because I didn't bring them any barbecue back in KC. Yeah, that's probably uh, more than likely the case. We're talking with Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue. Uh, visit their website, porkbarrelbbq.com. they got some uh, a lot of great products on there that I personally love, especially that barbecue rub. Uh, so we look at the open portion of uh, this weekend past Heath. Uh, open results, 40th overall. 
I mean, I could make an argument that given the amount of teams, you actually did better this uh, time around than you did the day before at the Invitational, although I would hazard a guess. Well, I don't I mean, I don't even know how you look at it. I mean, a lot of people that are coming to this event, this might be the only thing that they cook. A lot of local people are going to be coming around. Uh, obviously, a large contingent of Invitational people are turning around and cooking the Open as well. I mean, how do you view it? Do you just see it as uh, five times more competition are you viewing a, a bigger percentage not as likely to win? How do you gauge it? You know, when we cook, we really cook for six people. We don't worry if there's 20 teams or 2,000 teams or somewhere in between. You know, our job is to cook the best food we can cook that day and to, to give the judges something that is memorable that uh, hopefully ends up with three nines in their uh, scoring category. Uh, so we really didn't think about it. You know, I know a lot of teams um, – that have a lot more experience at the Royal than we do pretty much view the second day. The open is kind of, kind of a crapshoot. You know, you have a lot of judges that aren't certified and you've just got so many teams there that, uh, you know, you see some really great teams finishing, you know, in the middle of the pack, which at the Royal is 250, 300 place. And my dogs are getting mad again. They, uh, they sound, they sound pretty pissed off. What kind of dogs do you got there? there are, there are two labs. Uh, oh. One's pretty young, and I think he's pestering the older one who's trying to sleep. All right. Well, uh, so, I mean, 46 overall for the – I'm sorry, 40th overall 40. for the uh, for the Open turn in. How excited are you to be 40th overall out of uh, 475 teams? We were thrilled. I mean, yeah. again, you know, 500 – almost 500 teams, uh, some of the greatest cooks and barbecue there. Um you know, just a, a huge contest, kind of being, exa- being exhausted. We were thrilled with finishing in the top 10% at 40th. And, of course, the big, the big great uh, event for us was getting the sixth place in chicken out of uh, 483 teams, which uh, was, was and, and still and hopefully only for another couple weeks is the biggest moment probably in our, our barbecue career, getting that, that sixth place call there. Yeah, so obviously we're building over to the Jack Daniels. Uh, do you have competitions in between that you're going to be cooking in before we talk about Lynchburg? Oh, uh, we don't. We're taking a couple weeks off, trying to get the restaurant uh, in position to open here in the next two or three weeks. Uh, hopefully, maybe even before the Jack. Um, so we're uh, going to take it easy on the competition circuit uh, until the Jack. But uh, before I before we go to the Jack, I'll be remiss to without saying thank you to my mom and dad for cooking a uh, uh, dessert category for us at the Royal it was the first time pork barrels ever scored a 180 perfect score. So uh, congratulations, mom and dad. And thanks for uh, the great uh, cheesecake. <laughs> All right. Uh, is that a cheesecake that you might be having in the restaurant? Uh, I don't think we're going to have any cheesecakes in the restaurant, but uh, maybe we'll do Maybe, maybe when my mom comes out here, we'll put her to work. Um, so maybe special <laughs> occasions. Yeah, there's something, something to look forward to, Mom. You're going to be going to work when uh, you're at the Pork Barrel Barbecue Restaurant. We're talking with Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue. All right, so let's go ahead and talk about the Jack. Um, obviously, you've done the American Royal now. Are you going to be going down to the Jack? If I could tell you you could win either one, Myron Mixon, go ahead and made a statement saying that most, well, he, he said that people would be there. Uh, picking the Jack Daniels over the American Royal probably more than not. Are you falling into that category, or would you rather win the Invitational? You know, I think that uh, you don't know if you're ever going to make it back to the Jack. I mean, you could win, you know, six contests in a year and uh, still not get uh, get the call to the Jack. 
So I think uh, when you're there, you got to try to take advantage of that opportunity. And, and uh, uh, you know, if you win a contest, you've got the chance to make it to the Invitational in Kansas City every year. And you can always cook the open. So I think Myron's right that uh, the uh, difficulty factor of actually getting the invitation to the Jack is so much greater than going to the Royal um, that uh, I, I would probably rather walk away with that Jack Daniels uh, GC than the than the Royal. However, the uh, the Royal has a nice payday. You know, if you were cooking with Kingsford and you won the Open, that was a twenty five thousand dollar payday. So the payday is pretty nice at the Royal. Yeah. Um, so is it safe to say then that the Jack Daniels is is really only pined after simply because you might not get it. It's not necessarily that uh, there's a, a huge collection of uh, overall talent because I could sit here and argue until I'm blue in the faith that some of the best teams every year are left off because of that uh, drawing process. But it's because you get there once, you might not get there again. So there's almost desperation to win it versus some type of saying it, it's better, I'm better than everybody else at this particular one uh, like you could at the Invitational. Yeah, I think that's a very fair assessment. You know, I think that without question, the hardest cook of the year is the American Royal Invitational. Every team in the country that wins uh, the you know a GC is is welcome to come. You know, that could be a hundred teams or two hundred teams or somewhere in between. Whereas the Jack, you know, you leave off uh, probably somewhere around half of those teams that uh, that were at the uh, the Invitational, and uh, uh, so certainly I think it's it's probably not the most prestigious as far as you're going up against the greatest talent pool. Obviously everyone at the Jack is, is an amazing, right. uh, has had an amazing year, but you have fewer of them there. So I think that the Royals pro- invitational probably is more prestigious on the, the quantity of talented teams there. But you know, the, the Jack is special because not everybody gets there. It's a, uh, you know, it's a, a segment of those teams that uh, cook the invitational. Um, so maybe it's not, in theory, quite as difficult to win, but it's much more difficult to actually get there. Like I said, you can win six GCs in a year and still be left out, which is uh, pretty painful, I'm imagining, if, if you were in that situation. All right, Heath, I'm going to ask right, you this. I asked uh, Myron Mixon as well. <laughs> wow. Coming wow. across. I'm not going back to oh, myself. Going back. Oh. What's going on here? I'm going to call you right back. I can. Okay. All right the hell is going on here i will not be echoing to myself yes uh, i'm back all right uh so i asked myron mixon this uh, just a few minutes ago i've been asking every other person i've been interviewing about going down to the jack daniels this year and i will certainly not leave you out of the uh, roulette wheel of percentage of where you think your percentage of chances that you will be walking away with grand championship at the jack daniels this year well, I think there's a 100% chance that we're going to have one heck of a good time cooking at the Jack. Hey, fair assessment right there. Yes. Um, win, lose, or draw, it's going to be awesome. we got a lot of our buddies cooking there. Uh, Kit Rudd of Duello Barbecue is uh, kind of our uh, partner in crime out here in the D.C. area. He's cooking his first one and uh, looking forward to hanging out with him. Going to go to Mary Bobo's with him. Uh, you know, uh, we got uh, Mike Fay who's cooking with Jack's Old South. So it's going to be fun hanging out with some of our, our local guys here. But I, I think our uh, chances of winning uh, the Jack, I would give us a maybe, a, I don't know, 7% chance. 7% chance? Yeah, you know, I, I'm realistic here. 
I know my, you know, Myron said 75%. Uh, he's been there a lot of times and, uh, you know, he's cooking hot right now. He hasn't won um, shit there though. Well, you know, I think this is Kit Rudd's year. I give Kit Whoa. Rudd a 93% chance to win. So. <laughs> yeah, Kit Rudd is like screaming at the speakers like, no, you're cursing me. Heath. No. Uh, all right. So 7% chance. He's, um, he's going to be using some ponch powder. <laughs> yeah. That's, have to ask him what that means. Uh, wait. Now, hold on a second here. Uh, let me scroll up here in the chat room. Uh, there was something I was supposed to ask you, and I forgot <laughs> to do it here. Uh, and it had something to do with ponch, I believe. I'm not going to find it now. Oh, damn it. All right. It was something about uh, ponch cooking the chicken for you or something in that regard. I have no idea what he's referring to, but uh, is that something that you guys share in between you or something? Uh, there's just a, a secret ingredient that we were using that uh, um, my dog ate one night um, and, and Kit now enjoys calling that ponch powder but uh, uh no i think there you know in all seriousness there's a lot of good a lot of good cooks uh, like i say a lot of great friends uh you know one of our buddies that we got to, to hang out with a little bit out at the royal um paul from gonehogan.com you know it's going to be awesome cooking with him it's his first time i think the cool thing is there's a lot of first-time cooks that are buddies of ours at the jack mike and chris peters who run the uh, great american barbecue tour mm-hmm. uh you know they cook like I think two contests this year. Yeah. Um, and just on a whim, they cooked the, the last weekend of the qualifying out in California against some really tough competition one. And they got the wild card draw. It's, you know, they're really great buddies of ours. So it's going to be a lot of fun having a lot of the new team. So I think a new team, a team that's never made it to the Jack before is going to win it this year. All right. Heath Hall joining us here on the show. A couple questions before I let you go tonight, Heath, how are the barbecue peanuts coming? We're having a great time with barbecue peanuts. Uh, you know, we um, have, a, I think, a couple more different products coming out. Similar to that, we'll be doing a, a, a kind of a trail mix and uh, possibly some cheese straws. And we got cheese a new straws. sauce that's about to, I think, hit the, the shelves. It's going to be a Carolina vinegar sauce. Uh, so we're having a lot of good luck with the, the products, getting uh, hopefully a lot more stores online starting next uh, spring with the barbecue season. Uh, we're in a Probably uh, going to be in close to 2,000 stores by the end of the year in wow. 40 states. So hopefully by next year we'll be in all 50 states and a few more thousand stores. And are the, are the peanuts out for sale right now? They are. You can get them at porkbarrelbbq.com. All right. uh, you can also get them at a few Whole Foods. Um, we will be taking these to the first big retail uh, show out in San Francisco in January. So I think uh, – probably see more retail availability starting in the spring. All right. Uh, one last question before I let you go, Heath. I can't confirm this, but I figured since I have you on tonight, might as well go right to the source and ask this question. But is there any truth to the rumor, Heath, that Q Cologne is being pulled off the shelves as we speak due to an outbreak of negative olfactory overload? That is, uh, I have not seen that. Uh, you know, we continue to get, uh, inquiries from ralph lauren and calvin klein and armani all trying to buy the secret ingredients in it uh hey when was the last time a barbecue guy was in cosmo magazine hey. i think you're talking to him i know you know you know when you bring the big hammer out i can hardly argue with that so uh we're talking Jay with Leno. Jay leno even did a joke about it kind of in your vein probably 
He asked, uh, what's this for women who are interested in Charles Barkley? was essentially the gist of the joke. Oh, well, hey, women are interested in Charles Barkley, obviously interested in Q Cologne as well. And I think it's both, uh, we can both agree that uh, probably myself and Jay Leno are both equally unfunny. So uh, Heath all joining us from... uh, (laughs) story here. We actually had two guys at the American Royal come up to us and tell us how much they enjoyed the cologne. Really? And I asked them if they realized that it was a joke. And they said, no, we have it on right now. Can't you smell us? <laughs> hey, you know, if we were able to make two guys happy, we've done our job. Absolutely. Heath all joining us here on the show. Porkbarrelbbq.com is the website. Heath, always appreciate the time. Good luck at the Jack. If you win, I'll be looking for you again for a recap. Thanks, buddy, and uh, take care. And good seeing all of our buddies last weekend. Uh, shout out to Neil, uh, who I know is on there. Good hanging out with you, buddy. Talk to you guys soon. All right, take care. There he is. Pitmaster of uh, Pork Barrel Barbecue, Heath Hall, joining us here on the show. You know I got to mix in the Q Cologne, right? That'll be the running last question from here until the end of time, as long as Heath comes on the show. Which, if I keep doing that, will probably be the last time. Let's review, folks. We had Joe Beelan, Tippy Canoe Barbecue, winner of the American Royal Invitational on first hour, tippycanoebbq.com. We also talked with Robin Lindars, Grill Girl, Grill, G-R-R-R-L, GrillGirl.com, her website. Second hour, we had Man in Black, Meyer Mixon, pitmaster of Jack's Old South, recapping his experience at the American Royal. He's looking forward to the Jack Daniels as well in a couple weeks. 75% chance of winning on him. We close the show strong with Heath Hall from Pork Barrel Barbecue. You can see them at PorkBarrelBBQ.com. Thanks to everyone for joining me. Thanks to everybody in the chat room and listening online. Look, I want to help you to control the rusty grill grate population, folks. You have raw cast iron, you use it. Make sure you're seasoning it and re-seasoning it after each and every use. Hit it with a little bit of spam, spam, pam, a little Crisco. Let it bake in as everything cools down. You'll keep yourself protected for ages. Get long, luxurious wear out of that cast iron. Also... September 11, 2001. I will never forget. Until next Tuesday, and the show's jam-packed, by the way. This is your program host and proud U.S. American, Greg Rempe. Good night now.